0: wednesday april 1 2020 we're looking at a daily chart of the spy or spider which is the proxy for the s&p 500 what do we have on the docket today we had a pretty decent down day I've never been so happy to see a down day and I wasn't even short the market. Why is that? Because it clears up the picture of exactly what's going on here. So I think we're going to have a pretty good beat on exactly what the schematic is going forward. We talked about it last night. We're going to unpack it again tonight and drill in, go into a little more detail in terms of the next several days and beyond. What are the expectations? What are the bogeys on the downside? Where am I wrong? Wrong with what? We'll get to that later. We'll take a look around the horn. We'll look at a variety of charts. We'll look at a variety of markets and we'll do the thing that we normally do. We'll try and uncover the most likely thing that's going to happen in the market Coming up next, now that we're really officially in the B leg of the aforementioned ABC pattern, so we have an A leg up, we have a B leg down, and it hasn't completed yet, we don't know yet where the completion is going to be, that's going to really be a centerpiece of the discussion today, where is the low of this B leg going to culminate? And then we can begin identifying whether or not a C-leg begins. Why? Because a C-leg should produce a nice big fat rally that goes at least above the high of the A-leg like that. Now, let's have a couple of other discussions. Could we have a double bottom low? Absolutely. Could we have a higher low? Absolutely. Could we have a lower low? absolutely. All three scenarios aren't talking out of three sides of my mouth. They're all going to result in the same thing. There's going to be a rally after the fact. Now, there's going to be some Weisenheimers out there that say, oh, great. Well, what good is that? If you can't tell us exactly where it's going, what good are you? Well, here's the way it works. I'm not telling you how low or exactly what price I think they're going to. Not going to be right all the time, but I generally have a pretty good beat on it. Guess what, though? Inside the numbers members will have the numbers. While we're on the subject, we'll throw a little early short hop. Let's get inside the numbers out of the way so we can go back to the charts and really unpack everything that we're looking at. I'm going to scroll down pretty quick today and just point out a couple of important things. Let's focus in at the bottom here. You see ES2445. This is on the board About 7.15, maybe 7.30 in the morning. We'll come back to that later. Let me continue scrolling around. You can start and stop the video. Read it at your leisure. What I want to do is just give you an opportunity to see whether or not I'm right. And not right all the time, but right to make a difference. Right enough to make a difference. Am I giving you quality commentary? Am I giving you quality numbers? Are stocks on the move? Quality trades. Yeah, they are quality trades. We're not going to win 100% of the trades, but the majority are quality trades. So right away, we know the bogey. The bogey is 2500 in the ES. I have to use both the SPY and the ES contract because I'm using the pre-market and overnight data to come up with all the numbers. I've got to use everything in my holster. So we know where failure points are. We know where resistance is. We know where support is. We know that if they get up over and above ES2500, that's good for the Bulls, bad for the Bears. Can they do it is the question. Let's keep scrolling up, and we know the answer. The answer is they didn't. They failed. They came back down and had a pretty ugly day. Just before 10 o'clock, we're focused in on the opening range. Once the opening range breaks, whether it's on the upside or the downside, we have something on our hands to trade with, to trade against or to even just be a spectator of. Inside the opening range is just a simple chop shop formation. So we know they're going to break outside the range. It's just a matter of when, not if. And you see at 10:12, it's Showtime ES2500 SPY250, give or take. We know what happens if they break above. We know where they're likely headed. If they can't get above, it's a failure. And they do what? They come back down. So then if they're going to come back down, we have to identify areas that they have to beat through. They have to grind their way through. They have to essentially chip away at certain numbers to get to the next number. That goes for the upside and the downside. So you'll see at 1025, getting below 2485 is the number. That's the one that was the gateway to lower prices. Until and unless they can get below that, they were going to continue to have a chop shop in between there and 2500 which is what happened for a while. Don't take my word on this. Go back to the charts and see what happened. Let's go ahead and scroll up. They're still trying to head in the northern direction, beating on 2500 Continuing on. Now we've got to take notice of the transports and the IWM in the 1052 post. They're leading to the downside. How can I help but notice this? My favorite and second favorite market leading indicators and including my number one favorite, canary in the coal mine. They're leading to the downside. It's of note. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table from an intraday perspective as they're melting down, figuring that it's either a divergence, one's going to catch up with the other, or it's a tell of what's happening later. Either way, it's the same routine. It's reading the tape, continuing to move it along. They still can't sustain above 2,500. You see around noontime, finally, the 2,485 gave way. Now they're running a test of the early morning lows. So that was the schematic. The schematic was you can't get through the big fat round number of 2,500. They come back down to 2,485. If they can get through 2,485, It's back down to the basement. was a very slow grind-slash-drip lower all day long, essentially. Let's move it along, see what happened later. Now, here's one worth paying attention to. So, the 1244 post, where do the Bears want to take the ball? Around ES 2450 and below. Now, earlier, we were talking about 2445 to 2450. So, there's your number. It comes up again. Shorts would exit or take most of the profit there. For those of you that might have questioned why you would take profit in that price area, you can go back now that the day is complete and look at the charts. And from an intraday perspective, you see why that was the area to take profit. Would this trader buy the market before that price area? No. How about being a buyer around 25, pardon me, 2450 to 2445? Yes. In the risk business, It's where this trader will put on some risk back as needed. So it was around lunchtime. I'm still technically at lunch. Let's go ahead and scroll some more. Pretty much garden variety commentary. You can read it at your leisure. Oh wait, this is most important. 133 post. If a repair job were to take place, and that should be were, that was a typo, where would the SPY need to get to and above to prove the point? SPY 248 on an hourly close at minimum. Remember that. We're going to take a look at that in a moment. So then you'll see, just minutes later, 2 o'clock, they're running a test of the aforementioned 248 area. Now, I didn't know it was going to happen that quick, but that was and should have been overhead resistance. Let's go ahead and scroll up through and almost into the remainder of the trading day. 242 post. Are you still planning on taking the long trade if they reach 2450 2445 this was a question that came in and it was a good question which is why I repeated it to the entire membership and here's the answer the answer is it was getting too late in the day and they came too close and bounced away not to say it wouldn't have worked it's just not the same trade it's the same answer that you get when you ask the question about one of the stocks on the move it bounced away did it come too close are you going to take the trade And the answer generally is it could work, but it's not the same trade. It's not the same risk profile, which is why late in the day, I'm not interested in that trade any longer. Now, some traders are interested in that trade because they don't want to get FOMO. What's FOMO? Fear of missing out. What are they talking about? Because they're pretty certain that if I said the market's going to find support in that area and I said it, Before the market even opened, like eight and a half, nine hours earlier, they're pretty sure that that's going to be support in the market. Now, I'm not willing to take the trade late in the day, but that doesn't mean others can't. You make your own decisions, trader's choice. Everybody does what they want. They got a really nice, juicy, rip roar, and rally at the end of the day off that price. They were rewarded. That's just my style. I'm telling you what I think. I'm telling you what I have. You have to make your own choices. That's just the way it works. And you can see at 350, there's the support of the price we discussed earlier today. They got through, they spiked through on the downside a little bit into that zone. They got into the 30s, I believe, but they came out of there pretty rapidly. What about stocks on the move? We had a bunch hit their price objective today. We'll take a look at the laundry list. All right, so we're back to the charts. We don't need this any longer because if and when... The market does go back up north. We'll have to adjust the prices. Those were the prices on this rally. If we pull back and have another rally, we're going to have to adjust the prices for where the market can go based on what's happening. It's fluid. We have to make those decisions later. How about 248? So 248 is the horizontal line. This is a 15-minute chart. You can see what happened here at about 1415, which is French for... 2.15 in the afternoon, the market went up, it tested, it ran a test, it spiked a little bit through 2.48, and then what happened? It was rejected. That's why it was in the commentary. Let's run through some of the charts from Stocks on the Move. Facebook came down early, missed it, rallied away, came down later, it worked for a little bit of a bounce, went down to the second price objective that was listed in between 7 and 7.30 a.m. this morning, and look what happened. 158.08 was the number on the board, and the low was 158.04. Look what happened in the last 15-minute candle of the day, making a high all the way up to 160.19. Now, I'm not suggesting anybody or yours truly took that trade on Facebook at the end of the day. I'm just saying, look at the numbers. It just happened to be at the end of the day, but the takeaway is, the numbers are working here's Bank of America now this is a little bit of a screw job you see the low here at 1970 that is called front running and I'm not suggesting inside the numbers members front ran me on the trade that's not really what I'm saying 1968 was my number they pulled up a little bit short the market knows that price level that price number or that number in particular was important how do I know that Because they didn't spend any time down there and they absolutely had a rip your face off rally all things considered from that price zone making a high of $20.35 and for a scalp trade slash day trade yeah that qualifies early in the morning. That's a great trade if it hit the number well it didn't but look what happened here's the importance of the number comes down in the afternoon, hits the number, bounces off, comes back down, closes above the number. You think that number was important? Yeah, I think so. Don't you want to know these numbers? Prudential doesn't count at the end of the day after running sideways above the price all afternoon long. You don't want that trade. Nobody's saying take that trade. In fact, the rules are you don't take that trade, so it doesn't count, but you can see the number. Look at what happened the last... 15-minute candle of the day. They tried to rally the market back to close above that number. Couldn't do it. Closed below it. I'll bet you that's a sign of weakness leading into tomorrow on this stock. Look at this one. Dow closed yesterday at 29.21. Getting a little bit of a haircut at the open. Stock opens. Runs right down into the number 27.29. Making a low of 27.21. There's your rocket ride. High of 28.27, just minutes later, you could see what happened for the rest of the day. It still gave you the deal early in the morning. This is the one you want. These are the trades you want. The ones that run right into the number and take off right out of that price area. That's what the trades were designed to do. They're not all going to do that, but these ones are the fun ones. Look at this deal with Citigroup. Look where the opening print was 39.14 against a price on the board at 7:30 in the morning of 39.16. How do you know that? I get asked that all the time. Look what happened. Here's a high of $40 and a quarter in no time. It's just the point of look at these prices, look at these numbers, look at the market's reaction at these numbers. Why does this happen? And I say it all the time, but it's worth repeating. The market or a stock is headed for a destination. Once the destination is reached, what do they do? They either hang around for a while or they turn right around and go back in the other direction. We don't like the ones that hang around for a while and we certainly don't like the ones where we had the destination wrong, which obviously happens. But the ones that turn around and go back in the other direction confirm everything I'm saying. Stocks are headed for a destination or the market's headed for a destination and once it hits it, it's going to go back in the other direction. These are the ones where you go on the rocket ride. Look at this. This is a nice example also. Comes into the price early in the morning, Simon Property does, $50.16 is on the board, and it trades around this price all morning long. So they gave traders every opportunity to either take a profit, scratch out of the trade, but what happened was the longer they went sideways right on top of the number, that was the market's way or Simon Property Group's way of telling us what the next likely scenario was. Let me give it to you simply like this. The gap down creates a flagpole. The sideways trading for all morning long creates the flag. What's that going to do? It's going to give you a continuation move in the downward direction or southern direction. How do you like them apples? This is the one that hangs around a while and then decides to head on to another destination. That's okay. As long as we had the first destination right, they gave you a chance to get off the bus. How about UAL? This is a good example. In fact, it's a great example of a trade that just didn't work. We're going to have these. That's just the way it works. We're in the risk business. It's pretty self-explanatory. You can see it thought about stopping at the first number around 29 bucks, stopped there for a little while and then decided to give up the ghost. And where did they go? Right to the second number, but they hung around for a while and the writing was on the wall after they hung around all afternoon. So the trade just simply didn't work. You've got to take the good the bad, and the ugly. So I show the good, the bad, and the ugly. I show the commentary. I show the whole ball of wax. Another short hop, let's get back to the daily chart and discuss where are they going on the downside? Where can they get to? Where's the line in the sand? What can we use as a bogey? Once again, I'm going to have Inside the Numbers members with a refined answer to that question, but here's what I'll leave you with. Remember 240? I would keep 240 on a sticky note around the computer. I'm not saying the market will stop at 240, but I'm saying if it gets much below 240, my expectation is you would see a snapback pretty quick. I'm looking for in and around or slightly below 240 to be supportive of the market. If it's not and they go much lower, then we'll have to start talking about double bottom or even a spike of the low, creating a new low. Now, understand, there's a lot of traders out there, a lot of investors out there, a lot of pundits out there that are looking for new lows. They're looking for completely fresh and lower lows way below the low from before. That's normal garden variety amateur behavior. Now, I'm not saying the market can't collapse and I'm not saying there's not another trapdoor and I'm obviously not right all the time. I get all that, but here's the deal. We've been here before. We've had this discussion many times. The more bearish people get, the less likely they are to be right. If I have a whole boat full of average Joe, retail investors, retail traders, 401k holders, passerbys, drive-by stuff, people that really just don't know. If I have a whole boat full of those people go to one side, the bearish side, they're thinking the market's going to collapse. They're ready just to dump everything else they've got. Guess what? They're not going to be right. They're the ones that short the market in a hole. What does that mean? The market's down for the day, 120 points on the S&P, and they're looking to go short into the close. What happens to those people? This is the s and E-mini futures contract, five-minute pit session chart. Where are we right here? 3.45 in the afternoon. Guys looking to short this in the hole, a break of the low. How many times have we talked about that? What's down there? Guess what? Liquidity, fresh meat. Look what happened just in a matter of minutes. Here's a high of 24.68 against a low of 24.34 in the last 15 minutes of the day. It happens all the time. Here's that 24.45 to 24.50 area went slightly lower, but look what happened. They certainly ripped the market back higher, producing a profitable trade for any traders that were willing and able and did take that trade at the end of the day. By the way, 263.09 shouldn't be lost on anybody that that was the number. We had that on the chart before the market was there. Remember, I know my numbers. On that one, I'm sorry, folks, I'm just taking the W. What's going on from an hourly chart perspective? Anything we need to know, they're dripping lower. There's nothing of conviction going lower. They just dripped along the 100-period moving average and at the end of the day dropped below it, tried to rally back, couldn't do it, so they closed below, but it's nothing definitive. It's basically a droopy bear flag pattern. That's simply what it is. The other charts aren't telling me anything that I haven't already conveyed to you. What takes the bear case off the table if the market, if the SPY started closing hourly, and this is for starters, above 251.50? That puts it in no man's land. We have to start talking about filling the gap at that point. That's the only thing that takes the bear case off the table for lower numbers. Let them complete. The B-leg of the ABC pattern. By the way, how long should that take? Let's go back to the daily chart. Should I tell you how long it should take? What are my expectations in terms of time? Time is more important than price. If you haven't heard me mention that, it is more important than price, at least from where I sit. I know some of you will disagree with that. You're entitled and more than welcome to believe whatever you want, but time is more important than price And my time for the bottom of the B-leg is any day now, right? It's any time this week. Could it go into next week? It probably could. My expectation is that it won't, but it certainly could. But I'm looking for it to culminate this week. And here's what I'll say. If it doesn't culminate this week and we have another down day on Monday, for example, like a flush lower, like a kill them into the futures opening type of day Monday, then we're likely down around a double bottom by then. We'll just use that as a guideline for now, but we'll take it one day at a time, one candlestick at a time. What's going on over in camp IWM? Nothing in particular. It was leading to the downside today. We cited that earlier. Always watching the IWM. So it's doing the same thing the other markets are doing. No new information. Is it going to be a double bottom, higher or low, lower or low? Doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter which one they choose. We're looking to profit from the C leg. If you profited from the B leg on the way down, fine. The next profit objective is not what's left in the B leg. It's identifying the bottom and riding the next leg higher. That's the easy trade. Don't take the hard trade, take the easy trades. What about down at the transportation department? Anything new here? Absolutely not. The same routine. They got pushed down by the 20 period moving average. Everything looks terrible and they're going to follow suit with everything else. Remember, it's all the same market. Nothing new to add here. Cues, folks out in Silicon Valley, same routine. There's no different routine depending on what chart we bring up. The Q's, the IWM, the XLF, the SMH, it doesn't really matter. It's all the same market, we all know that. One chart looks just like the next or previous chart. Hence, they all look the same. Hence, it's all the same market. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you and that without you, these videos are not possible? All true and very accurate information. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss tonight. You have the schematic. You have what happens if the bear case fails. We just went over it. You have what I think is going on. Everything I know is found in this video. So with that being said, we're going to give it a wrap. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.